Hi, this is Erin, and welcome to Everything EFL, my little podcast about English language teaching and other teachy stuff too. Credit and honourable mentions will be given during the episode or in the show notes. Let's crack on. Hello, you beautiful individual. Thank you for joining me. If you're a new listener, you are most welcome. I'm happier than you will ever know that you've decided to join. If you are a regular listener, welcome back. How are you doing? Just when you thought I was done with the lexical approach, no, I'm going to give you more. I, first of all, though, I really want to just thank everybody for the positive feedback and the messages that you've been sending me. Um, I love hearing from you and I love engaging with you. I would ask you, though, that if you do enjoy my content, please share it. Share any of my posts, any of my videos on your stories and your feeds. Give me a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify or write me a kind-worded review. Let's change that algorithm and get me seen. Anyway, without further ado, this is the third episode in my series about the lexical approach. There may be another one, haven't decided yet, still working on it. If you haven't listened to episode 60, where I interview Hugh Della about the lexical approach, and episode 61, where I talk about approaching grammar lexically, I suggest you go back and listen to those first, okay? So today, guys, we are going to talk about reading and listening, which lends itself nicely to the lexical approach. So we are going to talk about reading and listening together first. I'm literally diving straight in, guys, okay? There's no big sort of um, preface or foreword or anything. Like, you guys don't have a lot of time. I don't have a lot of time. And at the end of the day, you just want to listen to this, write down a few notes, and then just go straight to your classroom and apply it. So here we go. All right, let's talk about reading and listening together, first of all, um, and about pre-teaching, okay? Okay, so I want to change your approach to pre-teaching vocabulary before your students do a reading or a listening. So usually you're like, okay, here are a few words to help you understand the reading, okay? We don't really think of it as a language teaching opportunity. So first things first, obviously I'm going to say this, don't just teach words, teach phrases or chunks of language. That's the first thing. Now let's imagine, let's just take a really simple example. You've got a phrase in the text like, my bag was stolen, okay? You could pre-teach the word steal, you could talk about how you get your bag stolen, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, if the phrase in the text or the transcript is my bag was stolen, teach that as a chunk. OK, it just makes a lot more sense. Think about this example. Let's say you are teaching cab. Now, normally you might just say, what is a cab? It's a taxi. It's the same thing. OK, but think about last week. We talked about common phrases and expressions around certain words and around certain grammatical uh, points. Okay, so you could teach things like, you know, want to get a cab. So again, want to get a cab, want to get a cab, or I'm drinking so I'll have to get a cab later, or something like that. Much more useful. Okay, let's dive into reading. So let's talk about prediction. We all do this. Look at the picture. Look at the title. Here are a few words. Let's predict what's in the text. Apparently, research has shown that isn't too motivating. So you could give students phrases from the text to help them predict. What's wrong with giving your students a helping hand, you know? And then when they read the text, they'll recognise all of those phrases and lexical chunks. Makes sense to me. Okay, let's stick with uh, pre-reading tasks for the moment. Can you generate language in the text with the pre-reading task? Bear with me here. 
this language you generate, it doesn't have to necessarily be connected to the language within the text, but it is a good way of teaching students some really nice lexical chunks they might be missing. So let's imagine your text is about the history of McDonald's. A typical lead-in would be, you know, what do you know about McDonald's? Or what do you know about fast food? Um, accept all the answers, turn them into chunks, but think about like really good language, like, you know, going to the drive through grab a quick bite to eat. They may or may not be in your text, like I said, but these are useful phrases. So if you know your students or you get to know your students, you know, maybe you know your students hang out in the mall on a Saturday, um, they often go to McDonald's, you know, so give them language around that, you know, imagine you're talking to your friend, let's grab something to eat. You know, I mean, it's just all really nice conversational language. And again, guys, think about the lexical approach. It is really focused and geared towards conversational English. This is the key to communication at the end of the day. OK, so you've done your text. Let's talk about highlighting chunks of language and adding more layers of information. So let's imagine in your text you have something like um, I got up late today. OK, so we have get up and then we have late. A nice collocation. Why don't we switch it up again using those common expressions like I never get up on time. I hate getting up. You're looking at different pieces of grammatical lexis, but you're also using that piece of language in different ways, but very common ways. You can't lose. And this one might be obvious and I really hope you're doing it. But when you are doing a comprehension kind of um, exercise, um, get your students to highlight the text and tell you where they found the answer in the text. Um, and, you know, like you probably do this all the time with true false. Why is it false? You know, again, get them to highlight it. It's good practice. And the focus then is on whole sentences and phrases and not just one word. So let's imagine you're doing, I feel like I'm just firing information at you, but um, <laughs> what can I say? This is what I do. So let's imagine you're talking about the text afterwards. You're doing a little follow up. OK, for high levels, you could just ask questions like, you know, what surprised you? Um, what shocked you? Blah, blah, blah. For kind of middle level students, you could give them the beginnings of fixed phrases like, you know, what surprised me was. And then for low levels, you could give them a choice of phrases or you could give them a statement like um, what surprised me was the um, economic growth in the country. And then you could have like a, a agree or disagree kind of thing going on. So you're kind of leveling it, you're pitching it, which is also really nice. But you are exposing students to these really nice chunks of language. You know, what surprised me was is is brilliant. Those clefts, I love a cleft sentence. I think they're so useful. We use them all the time, again, in spoken conversational English. Here's another nice idea. Why don't you have language questions instead of comprehension questions or maybe as well as comprehension questions? So let's imagine you have the phrase economic growth. So you've got an adjective plus a noun collocation there. You could ask a question like, how can we say the economy has grown? Look in the text, find it. So you're, again, you're drawing attention to those collocations and those chunks of language. OK, so I've given you a snapshot of some reading. Let's go on to listening. I personally think we, we underutilize our listening text quite a lot. So here are just a few ideas to throw at you, OK? Are we ready? OK, so 
Again, think about generating language in the transcript. So if your listening is about a meeting, for example, you could ask a question at the beginning. Do you ever turn up late? Okay, you have to imagine that turn up late is going to be in your transcript. So design questions so they produce language in the transcript. Okay, drilling chunks of language. This is quite a good idea because, again, we tend to pre-teach sort of like words or maybe like a couple of collocations. But again, think about the first thing I said, you know, want to get a cab? Okay, so think about how the sounds change within the phrase, want to get a cab? And even if it's written down, it's really nice to actually hear it so that, you know, if it does appear in the text, oh, it's late, you want to get a cab? They'll, they'll recognise it. It won't be, you know, just because you teach them the word cab, it doesn't mean they're going to catch it in the text. But if you drill it within, you know, that, that lexical chunk, the students are just going to have a much better chance of actually recognising it and understanding it. So how about this as well? When you're doing um, prediction, don't just predict the content, okay? But when you've finished listening, predict how the conversation will develop. That is, if you're doing like an interview or a conversation, but I think most course books, you know, do include those. And then you have the possibility of, you know, role-playing different scenarios or getting students to sort of write down a few ideas of, of how the conversation develops, which I think is a really, really nice idea. Get students to use their imagination and also... You know, it has to make it has to be cohesive and coherent. It has to follow on from the conversation that they've just listened to. OK, let's um, just go back to pronunciation. Um, when we're talking about highlighting some chunks of language, when students listen back to the audio, I hope you do give them the opportunity. We'll talk about that in a moment. Um, you could do a lot of drilling here or you could just let your students listen to the chunks and the sentences because, you know, listening and recognition is a very large part of the development of your students' pronunciation. It's not necessary to drill them and get them to repeat everything, you know, just, just let them listen. And then, you know, this kind of thing, no prep is needed, which we love. And also, you know, remember that conversations are organised differently from reading texts. There's different grammar, there's different lexis, but also, you know, you get that connected speech and those weak forms and stuff like that. So this kind of just listening to those highlighted chunks is, is really useful for your students' speaking skills. And then if you like, you can continue that by marking features on the board, you know, elision or weak forms or whatever you like, whatever you want to focus on that day. OK, so as I mentioned, you know, exposing your students to the audio several times I think makes perfect sense like usually you know you, you do you get them to listen once or twice to to get the, to grips with it you just question a couple of times um, for them to understand and answer the questions um, invariably students will get at least one or two wrong answers students need the opportunity to decode the language and then again going back to the the drilling or the exposure to those chunks that will help them decode the language as well give them the transcript as well guys give them the transcript with several chunks of language underlined you can do some grammar here if you like you know just as you would um, when you reformulate the emergent language that might come out see episode 60 for that you know, you could go, OK, um, I like swimming. All right. So um, what do you notice about the verb after like? 
that kind of thing, then you can, you know, use that opportunity to ask a few grammatical questions rather than, you know, doing an explicit sort of grammar lesson. This is an interesting piece of information, guys. Um, this isn't just for listening, but um, I, I'm just going to throw this in here because I think it's useful. Students are less likely to confuse words if they learn them and process them as part of a chunk rather than a single item. So again, going back to pre-teaching, always do it as a chunk or as a phrase. Okay, want to get a cab? Okay, so... I realise that I've just basically been firing a load of stuff at you and this is by no means like a comprehensive guide. But at the end of the day, I don't think giving you, you know, doing an hour podcast is going to help you because are you really going to sit there and listen to it all? I just want to throw a few little ideas and concepts out there. And my challenge to you, my gorgeous teacher, is to take one or two of these concepts and try them in your class this week. I don't think it's going to disrupt your methodology or it's going to, you know, take too much extra time to put some of this stuff into your lesson. And I think that the benefits for your students will be huge. I also recommend that you read Teaching Lexically by Hugh Della and Andrew Walkley. Um, I'm going to put um, some links on the show notes as well with um, a couple of like YouTube videos and stuff from Hugh Della. Um, it's all really, really, really useful stuff. But at the end of the day... What you have to do is take some of this stuff and try it in your class. So thank you for listening, guys. Okay, I really, really appreciate every single person who listens to this. So have a lovely week. Look after yourself. If you see anything on my Instagram or Facebook that you really like, share it on your story, share it on your feed, and let's make this podcast grow. Thank you again for listening. Share the love, guys. Bye. <laughs>